life is hard. I can't imagine how much harder it would seem if the social services thought they were protecting my child when they took them away. Hmm. That's what happened to our next speaker. And the process turned her into an author. Let's learn more. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Hey, Giant Builders. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy that you decided to join us today or listen to us. And um, just want to make sure I'm making this like a kind of a regular introduction because it's brand new. I want to make sure that you know that we now have a media page. We've always had a website, thegiantbuilders.com. But now we have a media page and we share all of our speakers' books. So, and it also lists the episode. So if you want to go back and re-listen or listen to that episode, we have that. And we also have a sponsor page. So please look over our sponsor page because they are sponsoring us. <laughs> so I am so happy to have today's speaker here. This is Susan Gabriel. Hi, Susan. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm fine. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I uh, I actually live in Texas uh, with my husband and my three dogs. And um, we live out in the country. I love it out there. Um, out here is just so peaceful. And uh, I, earlier in my life, it was not peaceful. I went through a rather traumatic experience for about three years. And uh, I ended up a few years ago deciding to finish a memoir that I had started um, 30 years before. <laughs> so it took me quite a while to get it finished, but uh, I got it done. And uh, it's called Wheels of Injustice, Saving My Child from the Child Savers. And uh, so many things have happened. Great things have happened to me since I wrote that book. Um, and including uh, starting a publishing company and uh, hiring a, a, a group of contractors, illustrators, um, to work for me in, in the team. And uh, so we specialize in children's books that, that need illustrations since they're artists. And uh, so that's an area that was new to me. I'd never really thought about writing children's book before, but I did also write a children's book after I finished my memoir, and that was kind of how I got into it. So, well, all right, we well, we need to start here. So, tell us There's a little a lot. bit. Let's tell us a little bit about your memoir. I read the description. I just can't believe the strength you have to go through all that. Yeah, it it was a very it was very traumatic. It was worse probably than. Um, it even sounds uh, in the in my memoir uh, very traumatic. But the, I think about this often. The very odd thing about it, in spite of going through that, and it was about a three-year period of time. Um, I kept my job the whole time, and there was only one other person at work that knew what was going on. And uh, so I was able to kind of separate that what was going on in my personal life from my career and um, it was kind of a, a salvation for me in some ways. And I, I really thank God for that because 
it was an air, a way for me to get the focus off of myself and focus on doing other things and, you know, working. Um, so uh, I was very, my relationship with God was very uh, up and down through this entire period of time. There were times, I mean, I did a lot of praying. I was a Christian um, at the time. Uh, I don't know how strong a Christian you would say, because I so often seem to lose my faith. Um, I lose my ability to trust God that he was in control. Um, I, at one point, well, a couple of points, I really reached the bottom. And at one point I tried to kill myself and I, decided I was going to do it in such a way that no one would find me, no one would be able to stop me, and it would be a, a very clear suicide. I mean, that I, no one, it, it was going to happen. I had it planned out that way. Um, but God ch decided to do something <laughs> different, and he ended up saving me. And uh, the way that happens is a very strange uh, episode too, and I describe that in my book. But well, don't uh, care. we want to make, we want to make sure people read it in the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting. Um, I took uh, a whole bunch of pills. I first I drove up into the mountains uh, west of uh, Colorado Springs, um, far away in mountains and in, in a very re remote location and took a whole bunch of prescription pills, different kinds and uh, multiple and way, way more than enough to kill myself. So that, that, was, that was my plan. And God threw a, a monkey wrench in it. Um, I, he had something more for me to do. I, I know that now. At the time, I just was frustrated because First of all, after I did try to kill myself, I thought better of it. I thought this was a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it kind of came to my senses about that. But it, it, things didn't change. I mean, my the situation that I was going through was still just as traumatic and just as awful. Um, we were having uh, court court dates all, all almost all the time. There was almost a hearing on um, one of the cases that were related. It, they were all several related cases. We were having hearings on them about every couple of weeks. So it was like I could never get away from it. I was terrified of the of the mailbox because that's how bad news came. Um, and uh, it it was it was just not a good time at all. Yeah. But you know I I feel like God allowed me to go through all of that for obviously for a reason. And I came out of that really believing in uh, Romans 8, 28 about how all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose, because they definitely ended up all working together for our good. Um, and I am a much stronger Christian because of what I went through. Um, I feel like I can trust God now that he has my best interests at heart in spite of what I'm going through. And um, if that's what it took for that result, uh, then, you know, it was worth it. And I am very happy to 
feel like I am one of uh, Jesus's sheep and I try to stay in his shadow all the time and follow him. And uh, so that, and that, that reminds me of a little story. I told it in the beginning of my book and I'll tell it really quickly here. Um, I have a, have chihuahuas and the littlest one um, happened to get out one time. It was, we were living in a different place that we had a fence and he was somehow, he was tiny and somehow he was able to get out and he um, was, you know, terrified and was gone for a day or two. When we got him back, all he would do was follow us around and he watched feet all the time. And I, part of the time, I, I think it was watching feet to make sure he was watching me. <laughs> Like we, we, when we walked to the mailbox, which is quite a distance, um, every day, uh, we let the dogs go and the other dogs kind of run around all over the place and sniff and everything. And, but he, he follows within probably three feet of my feet. <laughs> and he, he just, he won't let me out of his sight. And I just want to be that way with Jesus. I want to be following him that closely that he knows I am always back there. And um, that's, so that that's my goal in life. That's a wonderful goal. Give us just a little bit of the, the beginning part of your memoir as far as- um, Yeah, the, the trauma. The trauma part, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yes, I, I, yeah, I, I could explain that part of it so people get a flavor for what I was going through. Um, I was this was uh happened at my the time of my second marriage and my first marriage was kind of a disaster but my second one i was just madly in love with my husband everything was going really well i had two daughters from the first marriage the youngest one was eight and the oldest one was about 15 and they got along really well with him also and uh it his name is clark um, and about we were we were on a blissful honeymoon period about six weeks into our marriage after we got married um, I got a call one day from a department of social services at work and they said we need you to come down right away we have your daughter and I thought they meant Andrea the older daughter I thought they were talking about her but no they were talking about my younger daughter and uh, so I sped down there to find out what was going on. When I got there, they took me in this little room and they said, well, we have your daughter uh, because your husband molested her. And I was absolutely, you could have, I mean, knocked me over with a feather is a good, good way to put it because I was in total shock. It just made no sense at all because we were on a honeymoon, basically. We, you know, there I couldn't even envision that he was also didn't have any interest in children. I mean, that he had fun playing around with them and they had a really good relationship with them. But as far as being a pedophile, I saw absolutely no sign of that whatsoever. So this was a shock to me. So I said, well, how, what makes you think so? She said, well, um, your daughter reported that he tickled her. And I thought, tickled her. That's 
Of course. I mean, they played around together all the time. Sometimes he'd tickle her. She'd grab him around the neck and hang on. He would tickle her under the arms to get her to let go because otherwise she would just keep hanging on him like a monkey. And uh, so, you know, they had that kind of fun, loving relationship. And I, that tickling did, was, had, was nothing like molestation. So uh, she said, well, we consider that molestation and uh, you're not, you, you need to believe your daughter. You need to uh, kick your husband out of the house. Uh, better if you divorce him. And um, then we might think about giving you your daughter back. So I went home and when I told Clark about what had happened, he, would, he was just as floored as I was. And he thought, you know, that somehow our, our daughter had was lying about something. And we weren't sure, other than the tickling, what was going on. Was there more to it? And uh, they, we, they weren't giving us any answers. Uh, it turned into a situation where because I did not kick him out of the house, and the and I, reason I did that was on the advice of an attorney, uh, and also a psychologist who said that they would use that action on my part as a means to prosecute him. In other words, they would say, okay, you obviously believed that she was being molested or you wouldn't have kicked him out. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you know, that would be one more, um, you know, log on the prosecution's side to try to convict him and so i said no i wasn't going to kick him out um and that made them mad they were really upset about that because i was not believing them and doing what they said and clark for his part he was really upset about it too and he demanded to be given a lie detector test not realizing that they're not very uh, accurate and that the police are allowed to lie to you and tell you things to try to get you to admit to something. So that didn't go very well either. Uh, and all that did was make them mad at Clark because he was not cooperating with them and, you know, admitting to his guilt. Um, at one point, uh, I had a conversation with a social worker and it went something like, um, I said, how, what makes you think he's guilty? And they said, well, it's because he won't admit his, his guilt. Because, uh, yeah, because people who are guilty won't ever admit that they're guilty. And I said, well, what do innocent people say? And she said, well, uh, we're not in the business of, you know, really determining guilt or innocence. We're in the business of putting families back together again. And so I said, well, so why aren't you doing that in our case? And she said, because your husband won't admit his guilt. So, I mean, this was how insane it was. Mm -hmm. Enough to make you just lose your mind. The things that happened, uh, the, the judge, all the judges, we had several judges, several cases all going against me and against Clark. Um, I was accused of a dependency and neglect. Um, in other words, I was accused of allowing him to molest her. Um, so there was a case against me. And then he had, they ended up charging him because 
They were so mad at him because he uh, would not admit guilt that they said they were going to throw the book at him, and they did, and they charged him with a felony. And we never did, there was never anything other than tickling that came out. And we, we ended up going through the trial. Um, it was, <laughs> Clark called it felony tickling. He has a good sense of humor. <laughs> and it, it, it was enough to just make you, well, make a normal person just pause and say, what, what's the world coming to? And this happened back in the 80s. Um, so, but I mean, I understand it's still happening today too in many locations um, where, you know, social services gets very ambitious. <laughs> and uh, I had found out that they get money for all of the children that they have in the system. So they are motivated, you know, to get more children into the system. And they're not motivated to release children out of the system. So um, that was that was a, a horrible nightmare, going through that feeling like, you know, my daughter accused my husband of, of molesting her, supposedly, and that he was facing a felony trial. And the judge said the maximum penalty for that was 16 years. And he said he was going to throw the book at him. They were so mad at him and mad at me because we were resisting them. But somehow God gave us the strength to do that because I know I, I wouldn't have had the strength. It was, it was, you know, just a nightmare. And like I said, at one point I just reached a point. I, I immediately left one of the many hearings having again the judge rule against us and everything that we requested. Um, and I was so frustrated and that's when I went off and tried to kill myself. But um, God said, no, <laughs> no, you can't do that. You're not getting out of it that easy. <laughs> so how long was your daughter taken away from you? Well, she was uh, taken away. There's a little bit more to the situation as well. And it got even worse um, as far as there being more uh, people prosecuting us and, and trying to, you know, take, take her away. She was gone. She was in the foster care system for just a kind of a short while. And then they decided they would put her with my ex-husband. Mm. And uh, that I got a chance to see her and visitation one hour a week. And it had to be monitored, supervised visitation. And that was all I got, one hour a week of supervised visitation. And that was when she was in the foster care system and also when she was with my ex-husband. But she was not happy there at all. Um, and she kept asking me why couldn't she come home. And the reason it was supervised is because I was not allowed to talk about the reason they took her. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to say anything about the case. Mm -hmm. She'd say, when, I, when can I come home? Well, I had to just say, I don't know, and I can't talk about it. And that, that's not satisfying to yeah. an eight or nine-year-old child. And certainly wasn't satisfying to me either. So, But it, it was very painful. She and I were very close before they took her. She was my baby. My older daughter was, like I said, 15. And there was quite a distance of several years between them. And by the time she was born, I mean, I, I had 
I was no longer a traumatic first mother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so much easier with the second child. And I would stay up in the, at night, you know, when, when she would wake up in the night for a bottle, I would stay up. And even after she was asleep, I would just sit there and rock her. I mean, I just had such, uh, uh, so much love for her. And um, we had such a good relationship until this happened, of course. And um, it was, it was like tearing my heart out, you know, when they took her. How is she doing? Still, she's doing okay. In fact, I just wrote her a little note. They live in uh, Washington. She's married and lives in Washington State. I just wrote her a little email before I got on, but, um, you know, it was traumatic for her. She had to go through therapy for quite a while as well to help get over, you know, the trauma. Mm -hmm. So, and I had a really hard time. The reason it took me 30 years to write the book is because I would get to the point where they took her away and I'd have to stop. And I couldn't, I couldn't write about it anymore. It, 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 so I put it all away. And I packed it away and put it in a box. And then uh, a few years ago, I, we, we were going through the, the garage to get rid of old boxes and stuff like that. And I happened to run across this box of this, all of the material, the manuscript and all of the records from the psychiatrist, psychologist, the lawyers, the court, everything. I mean, it's a box full of, of material. And I thought, I didn't even know I still had that. I thought that had been thrown away. And uh, so I brought it in the house and then I had happened to tell a friend of mine about it and he convinced me to finish the book by daring me that he that I couldn't finish it. <laughs> I double so dare you. <laughs> exactly, so I had to prove him wrong and finish it and publish it isn't it interesting who god uses to to move us on <laughs> yes that's right that's right yeah so, so had you been writing before this book no um writing. not really i mean i uh i really hadn't written much of anything i i i loved to read i i was an avid reader always had to have a book in the house that I hadn't finished. Um, and so, you know, that was a very big deal for me. I enjoyed writing when I had assignments in school, but I I wouldn't say I really wrote much of anything uh, until this book. Uh, but when I, I, I met this friend online, and he's the one who convinced me to do that. And for some reason, it just really sparked my uh, writing. Uh, my desire to write and i started even writing poetry um so there are poems in the book uh at the end of each chapter it's it's not enough to make you if you don't like poetry it's not enough to turn you off the book but if you do like poetry it's enough to help you understand better what i was going through so i included there's like you on most of the chapters there's a poem at the end of the chapter um and a prayer um, so, you know, I, I wanted readers to be brought along with me on the journey that I went on so that they would feel some of the same anguish that I did. And so they would feel the same triumph, you know, when there were moments when we, we you know, finally triumphed and God uh, brought us through it all. So I, 
you know, I wrote the book hoping that people would have an emotional experience in it and also that it would bring them closer to God and help them to see how God uses people um, to further his kingdom and to make changes in the world for uh, for other people so that it becomes a better place for everyone. And I, I that's what I consider to be my goal. Even now, uh, I feel like uh, my goal, in fact, I have to show you my, I may had this mug made up. I don't know if you can see it. it says, I am the good sheepdog. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and on the other side, it says, care for the flock that God entrusts to you. Oh, and so I I have a team now. My team of people who work with me on the uh, book publishing. There's about eight or so regular team members, and um, so I they're all Christians. I do everything I can to support them and in, in their walk and uh, give them support and encouragement. Um, and they do the same for me. It, it's it's a really wonderful relationship, and it's all online. Uh, everyone except for one person. One person lives a few miles from me, and she, that is my my accountant, and she's also my pastor's wife. And we do get together and get to have lunch together and chat in person. But everyone else is on, online. Um, one is in Colorado and uh, one is in the Philippines and uh, the rest of them are all in Nigeria. <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So they're quite a, quite a distance away, but um, it's been a, it's just been a really good experience and I, and I'm very happy and grateful that God brought me through it and that he gave me a job to do. And I am very happy to be the good sheepdog and follow Jesus wherever he goes and hopefully herd my little flock <laughs> in the right direction as, as we continue to move forward. But they all love working for Soul Sunshine. Um, you know, it's, it's really, I, they, they get paid, but um, they would do it for free. I mean, as long as they could afford to, they yeah. would do it for free. Uh, we all would. We all. It's our. It's a really. Um, it's our life's passion right now. If somebody had an idea for a book, where would they start with you? I mean, what what's the process? Um, if they just have an idea, it depends on what kind of book it is. We we really do a like to specialize in a few different types. A children's book. We can help you out there from the very beginning of an idea. We've done that on several books already. Um, also, uh, memoirs, you know, we can help you write your memoir. That's an area of where I've got a couple of other people that are part-time contractors uh, in our group who are really excellent at helping people write their books. Um, and if it's something that's, we, we also specialize in highly illustrated books like cookbooks and say poetry books right now where uh, getting ready to publish a book of poetry that's got illustrations with the poems. Uh, so, you know, those kinds of books that are, that a lot of publishers don't really want to mess with, let's say, because they're really into fiction or something, or into business books, or, you know, other types of books that uh, are, are, you know, say, a little more popular and easier to sell. But, 
we specialize in those books because we want to help those people get their books published and get their messages out there. And um, it's been a really, really interesting time. And we decided in the very beginning, I said, well, we need to put God at the head of this company and let him bring in the clients, let him, you know, bring us and lead us in the right direction. And he, he does, he's been bringing us clients and he's been bringing us really interesting clients. And uh, it's, it's, it's really been uh, wonderful meeting people and, you know, at, kind of adding them informally into my little flock of, of, of people that, you know, I try to inspire and take care of and, you know, encourage. And because uh, we help them, we continue to help them after the book is published as well, you know, to try to help them sell their book, uh, do what we can there. Uh, it's been really interesting. I, do do you have time to hear one story about how one of I I w God brought one particular person in a very interesting way. Um, I uh, happened to be on Facebook and I was on a children's author uh, group and reading through some of the comments. And someone wrote, they said, I just wrote uh, a children's book and I illustrated it, but I don't know what to do now. What do I do with it? How do I get it published? So I contacted them and I said, you know, I, I can maybe help you out. And uh, so he said, great. And I, and I sent him this form that we, typically we'll give to an author so that we just get some more information about them, about their background, about their book. Uh, so it's a little easier for us to understand what they want. So I sent him the form, but I accidentally sent him a form uh, that I had changed a couple of questions on. And the questions were for intended for a person who was going to write a Christian autobiography. Oh. So, so, the questions were things like, um, what is your relationship with God like? Um, you know, what are some of the, what is the worst experience that you've had in your life? Um, and, uh, you know, what was your lowest point? Uh, and a couple of other questions like that. And I, when I realized I had sent him the wrong form, I said, oh, no, <laughs> he's not going to want to answer that. So I he's contacted like, him. For I a said, children's book, why are these questions? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I said, hey, you don't have to answer those questions. And he said, well, I already did. Here's my here's my form. And so I looked at those questions and his answers, and I was just amazed because he said, uh, as far as the lowest point in his life was now, like right then, he said, because I am living in my car. Mm -hmm. uh, I am separated from my wife. I just lost my job, and I don't know what to do. And he said, I wrote this book, children's book, just sitting in, you know, sitting in the car. It took me less than an hour. It just kept coming to me. And uh, the book is, like I said, a children's book. And it was, he told me the name of it was Curiosity and Encouragement. And I said, well, can I read it? Would you send it to me? So he said, sure. He sent it to me. And I read the story. And it was like a light bulb clicked off and on in my head. And I, I recognized this, the story and the personalities of the cats as being exactly like this friend of mine that I mentioned 
who had talked me into writing a book. Mm. And um, it was like, okay, well, he was encouragement and I was curiosity, you know, in, in real life, <laughs> because that's my kind of personality. I'm always curious about people and always asking questions. And he's super encouraging, just, you know, a very encouraging person and supportive. And um, so I said, God must have sent this guy because this story is, you know, my friend and I, and it, he, that was a way God could make it so obvious to me. And I said, sure, well, you know, we'll, we'll help you out. And so I was able to help him out and, you know, we got him out of the car and into some place where he could be like a, a, a temporary hotel. And then he eventually was, we were able to help him get into some more permanent um, arrangements. And uh, he had four children too. And he was having a really difficult time uh, with his, you know, ex-wife. Uh, and he was, it was just a difficult situation. And so I have a background in psychology. I have a degree. And uh, so it was an area where I was able to help him and talk to him every day and help him to overcome the feelings that he had, all of the negative feelings. and also um, lead him back to God because he had been a Christian earlier on, but then he became an atheist. So when I met him, he was an atheist and he's not an atheist anymore. He's, he's praying for me right now, probably. No. <laughs> and uh, he, he's encouraging to me too. He's, you know, uh, so it's, it, it's amazing. And that book, I, I'll point to it. That book on my bookshelf back there, it's the green one. Okay. It's Curiosity. Yeah, yeah Curiosity and Encouragement Changed the World. Oh. And yeah, that's his first book. And he's written about six more. Oh. So we've, we've published two of his books now. The second one is Curiosity and Encouragement Overcome Fear. And uh, the one he's working on now is Curiosity and Encouragement Find Hope. So, you know, they're really great little children's books. And um, he, he, he's inspired, you know, when he writes those, he really is. And uh, so God brought him to us and he's uh, works at, as he has a bar background in marketing and sales. So that's what he does for my company. He, he comes up with little ads like Facebook ads and things like that and helps to market things. Cool. So he works, is work, working for me now. And uh, it's been uh, just, you know, it's just, that that's God has just brought one person after another to me that it's like he sh it shows me this is somebody who needs to be on your team and each time it's just been confirmed to me and it's been really fun I, it, I enjoy it isn't it funny how God does that yeah it really <laughs> is it really is and I my background is I grew up in the Lutheran church and uh, you memorize large parts of the Bible in order to go to confirmation classes and get confirmed. So that plus a later point, uh, when I was in my 20s, um, we went to church like all the time. We were just, my husband, my first husband and I did, did that for a period of time. And I went to Bible studies, lots of Bible studies and learned, memorized a lot of verses and that came back to me. That was what sustained me in the end when I was going through all of the traumatic experience 
was every so often a Bible verse would just pop into my head and it would be relevant to whatever was going on. And that's how God brought me back because at one point I said, I'm not going to believe in you anymore. I want to be an atheist because I don't think you even exist. And so I said to God, I'm talking to God, telling you, you don't exist. And then I say, but if you really do exist, you're going to have to prove it to me. <laughs> so, so that was how he did. He said he would, he would prove it to me by dropping these Bible verses in my head. Or I'd hear a Bible verse on the radio or I'd hear something, you know, or see a Bible verse written up somewhere on somebody's bulletin board. And it would be appropriate for whatever was going on at that moment. So, you know, I, I said, this has to, has to be God. I guess there is a God. Yeah. And so so the, that's really a, how he speaks to me is through situations like the one with Stephen and, and his book uh, and the plot of his book being so similar to my life. He'll speak to me in those kinds of ways or, or drop a Bible verse, um, yeah. you know, into my head or somebody else will say a Bible verse that's just, okay, this, I, I know this is the right way to go. Well, I yeah. really love how God just knows what we need and when we need it. And Bible, Bible verses are a really good acknowledgement. Tell me a little yeah. bit about Button. Button. Button, my book, Button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Button is, uh, um, she was a dog that I had once. And she was a wonderful dog. She was just a beautiful little Yorkshire Terrier um, mix. And she wandered into our yard one day and that was how we found her. And uh, no one else claimed her. So we just took her in and she was young. She's maybe about a year old at the time, maybe younger even. And um, we had, a, a, we also had another dog at the same time, a large, a white Great Pyrenees and Samoyed dog mix. And his name was Bear because he looked like a polar bear. <laughs> and and he and Button got along really well. They would play together, and and it, it she was just adorable. She was she was a really sweet dog and precious. And she would let you do anything to her. Well, <laughs> I mean that like you know I could dress her up in doll clothes or whatever. She would put up with everything, and she. Uh, she also uh, was in love with our, our parakeet, oh. but unfortunately, uh, um, the parakeet didn't have feelings for Button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought Button's a little problem. Although, although, yeah, but however, um, a uh, our cockatiel was in love with Button. So there was a love triangle going on. <laughs> we would let the birds out of the cages and they would walk around the floor, even though they could fly, they just walk mm -hmm. around the floor with Button. And the cockatiel who was in love with Button would had this little, cute little uh, musical uh, um, noise that, that she, he would make. Uh, it was, it's like a love call, you know, oh. for, for cockatiels. And mm -hmm. so he would walk along behind Button with this little cute little trill <laughs> noise. And then Button, in, would be walking along behind baby and kind of nudging baby along. Baby was a parakeet. Yeah. 
and uh, nudging baby along so that Button could kind of chase baby, and baby was very slow because yeah. she was just walking. <laughs> so, so that was that was the fun situation. And uh, uh, my husband sometimes would take. Oh, here was the fun thing. He we had a very uh, long kitchen uh, and breakfast area, and it had a very slick and shiny uh, wood floor. Uh, he would take Button and he would kind of roll her into a little ball and he would slide her along <laughs> the floor to the other end of the kitchen and he called it bowling with Button. And she would come running back for more. Oh. She loved it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what does Button do in the book? And in the book, Button is, um, uh, Button goes to school. Oh, okay. Well, but, Button goes to, uh, school actually, it, it's it, I used our former dog training center. My husband and I, Clark, uh, owned a dog dog training center about ten years ago, and so it was it's all was well painted up. I used the logo, I used interior uh, backgrounds, you know, so that matches mm -hmm. the way our dog training facility looked. And Button goes to school, and Button uh, learns. Some he, she's already learned quite a lot. She's learned from um, her owner how to play well with others. Mm -hmm. And when she sees uh, some of the other dogs not really playing well with, you know, and kind of picking on and bullying one of the other dogs, she steps in oh. and she, she helps them. She teaches them the golden rule. Oh, that's and, uh, yeah, yeah. And then I have uh two more I've written that are not yet published. One is uh, Button's Best Christmas. And in that one, Button meet, meets uh, uh, another dog and she she actually uh, meets another dog and that dog is uh, based on another dog that we had. Uh, and that dog was named Zipper. So we had Button and Zipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that's when Zipper comes along in the book, in her life. And then I have another one that I've written that is centered around uh, Easter. Oh, okay. And the butter, it's called uh, Button and the Carrot Thief. Oh. <laughs> a rabbit, a rabbit stealing carrots. And Button, did, she loves to eat carrots. So okay. anyway, that's just, just a story based on everything that I write is sort of partially based in reality. Mm -hmm. And then I just sort of go from there. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's kind of fun, you know, to, to do it that way. Well, great. All right. Well, we're going to have links to your books below and okay. um, and in the media center. So giant builders, make sure you check out the media center so you can find them there as well. So I am okay. so thankful for your time and just sharing your story. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I, I enjoy telling it. I enjoy talking about God and what he's done for me. Hmm. Yeah, he's done a lot. Yeah, he really has. So, all right, Jane Builders, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.